Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. that God is still God. Can we at least thank God that we don't have COVID? Can we thank God that our families are still with us? Oh, come on, church. We got to have something we can thank God for. I tell you, I hear more when the 49ers play in Dallas. I tell you, what if we would just praise God? I'm just begging you to praise God. What if we would just praise God? What if we would just praise God? I am being the shepherd of this house means that God wants me to always walk in integrity. And God wants me to let you know when you're falling down on the job. Because the Bible says that God is worthy to be praised. And I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to remind you of how much you love by Almighty God. I'm just trying to remind you that you can't sustain yourself. I'm trying to remind you that God is taking you through right now. I'm just trying to remind you that God is worthy of praise because only God can sustain us. 
Only God can sustain us. And my prayer is that one day, that one day, we will get excited about what we have in Jesus Christ. One day, we're going to be so enthusiastic that we're going to tell the story of how God delivered us. Churches are closing. People have decided there are better things to do than come to the house of the Lord. But I have declared in the name of Jesus that this house will remain firm because we serve an everlasting God who is faithful to his word. So I don't know about you, but I'm already praising God for the things that God is doing right now. I'm praising God for all the things that he has done. Oh, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hmm. <laughs> My Lord. Lord, we love you. It might not seem that way, oh God, but we love you. And Lord, I ask you to dry up all of the dry bones in this sanctuary right now. In the name of Jesus. And God, I ask you to minister to the dry bones who are watching us as we stream live. Because God, your word says that you are coming back. And you're coming back for the church without spot or blemish. So Lord, right now, look at our spots and reveal them. Look at our blemishes and reveal them, oh God. So that we will be able to join you on that great get up morning. Thank you, God, for life. Thank you for love. And thank you for worship. We bind the enemy and anything that will come against us in the name of Jesus. I heard a song recently that caught my attention. The lyrics, uh, this song were by uh, Nina Simone. She said, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I could break all the chains holding me. I wish I could say all the things that I should say, say them loud, say them clear, for the whole wild world to hear. I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart, remove all the bars that keep us apart. I wish you could know what it means to be me. Then you see and agree that every man should be free. I wish I could give all I'm longing to give. And I wish I could live like I'm longing to live. I wish I could do all the things I can do. And though I'm way overdue, it'll be starting anew. Well, I wish I could be like a bird in the sky. How sweet it would be if I found I could fly. Oh, I soar to the sun and look down at the sea, and then I sing, cause I'd know ye. And I'd sing, cause I know you. I know how it feels, I know how it feels to be free. All I wanna do is be free, hallelujah. All I wanna do is be free. And the only way that we can be free is through a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The only way that we can be free is that God will redeem us. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 
and beginning in verse number two, we see the story of Jehoshaphat, who was being tracked by the enemy. And Sister Ruth, this sermon caught my attention because I realized that all of us are surrounded by enemies, whether we know it or not. Because the enemy does not always look the way you think. And the word says that some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah, Judge Julie, came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Lord, excuse me, then the Jehoshaphat stood up, Reverend Marlon, in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? Every now and then, we have to remind ourselves, Dr. Lachelle, of who God is. Every now and then, we have to remind ourselves and recall all of the things that God has done. And then the word goes on to say that our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people of Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built a sanctuary in your name. And if calamity comes, hallelujah, it's coming. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or the plague or the famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name. And we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Anybody in the distress? Anybody in distress? What Josephat is saying, that we will worship you and cry out because we believe you are who you say you are. Can I get a witness? Will God show up? Will God come through? Hallelujah. And in this chapter, it's not my focus today, but it's in verse number 15 that we use this line a lot. Like Jehoshaphat said, all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is the way the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Oh, we ought to say that again. Don't be discouraged about the vast array of army because the battle is not your... In other words, stop fighting your own battles. You don't have the equipment to fight battles with the enemy. Stop trying to kill the enemy in your own strength and turn your enemies over to God. And what Jehoshaphat is saying that and Judah is that we believe you are who you say you are. We believe that you can do what you say you can do. And that's why I call this sermon, there are no power outages with God. None. Yeah, ever. None, 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 none. One of the worst assignments I had at Duke Energy was working in the service center when there was a storm. 
And I thought that would be fun as much as I like to talk and people are calling in and reporting their outage heading made and the transformer's not working and the lights are off. I thought that would be such a time to connect with people to let them know that we're doing our best to get you reconnected as soon as we can. And I'm trying to give comforting words, Pastor Bill, and people are cursing me out calling me all kinds of names, and I realized how these people were reacting to a storm in life beyond their control, but there's some storms in our life that we need to be aware of, and only the presence of God can take out the storm and give us the power that we need. Oh, I learned a lot about power working over there. I tell you the truth. You want to make people crazy? Mess with the lights. You want to make people crazy? Let the lights flutter a couple of times. Let the television go out. Let the storm come. And what I have learned about God's people, how many of you have a first aid kit up to date? Even the one in the church needs to be put together again. You ever gone to the first aid kit and nothing's there? You got to realize that God is our first aid kit. The Lord is what we need. Oh, I'll move on. Four things. God hears our prayers and supplications. God moves through fasting and prayer. God responds to our praise and worship, and God delivers on his promises. And what we need to realize is Jehoshaphat is in a situation we will find ourselves in at some point in our lifetime. I don't care if you're wealthy. I don't care if you're brown, red, or green. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. I don't care about who your mama, your daddy, your family. It doesn't matter. In this life, you will have some troubles. And you need to understand how that trouble is going to come. And you need to be prepared for the trouble, Miss Margaret, when it comes, because you need to know that the battle is coming. And the closer you get to God, the closer the enemy gets to you. Have you ever been surrounded by the enemy? I am guessing that some of you might ask, who is the enemy? One that is antagonistic to another. One seeking to injure, overthrow, or confound an opponent. Something harmful, or de drugs are an enemy. Alcohol is an enemy. Painkillers are an enemy if you take too many painkillers. Sometimes we don't realize we're sleeping with the enemy. We're friends with the enemy. The enemy is in our family. We need to have the spiritual wherewithal to ask God, show me my enemies. Show me my enemies so I can pray for them when I'm in your presence. So here we are in trouble. Where do you go? Where do you turn? Do you know if the people you call to pray for you know Jesus or not? Do you know whether or not they have a prayer life? Do you know whether or not they're filled with the Holy Ghost? You see, we need to learn that everybody can't get through to God because they haven't spent enough time to God to realize how to connect with God. So all I'm saying, you need to get some references for the people who are praying for you, and you need to make sure that they serve the God you God and the Jesus that you know. In life, we make choices which determine our fate. The Chronicle was trying to teach us that if we forget the God of righteousness in our response to life challenges, the enemy will take us out. Some of us are challenged to be a Christian. 
They'll challenge us to being faithful. They'll challenge us to being holy. Challenge us to being honest. Challenge us to being unbiased. The challenge of being unselfish. The challenge to be optimistic in the midst of a storm. The challenge to be loving and kind to mean people. The challenge of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. The challenge of giving your tithe to the Lord. The challenge of doing what God says do. Study his word and understand who he is. The challenge to do what's right, the challenge to be kind, the challenge to monitor our temperaments. You, don't, you can't get away and say, I'm just like that. No, you're not. You don't have to be like that because that's not the kind of God we serve. No matter how vast the material resources we are faced, there are challenges in life. Look at Whitney Houston, a good example. Beautiful, wealthy, talented, and yet challenged. Look at Michael Jackson. Look at Adele. Look at college students who are committing suicide right now because they don't have a clear understanding that Jesus is a powerful way maker and that Jesus can help them to destroy the enemy. We have to keep fighting for our young people to get to know God or they're going to be destroyed by the world. You know what? The enemy loves it when we don't worship. The enemy loves it when we don't pray. And I want to tell you today, if you don't have time for a prayer life, something's wrong. You need to change your calendar quickly because your storm is coming. Say, you remember that song John used to sing, there's a storm out on the ocean and it's coming this way. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, you will truly slip away. Oh, that was the old church and they would get happy, happy, happy. Sometimes you got to go back. And look at the things that God has done. Sometimes you got to go back and take inventory of when you were nothing with nothing. Sometimes you got to go back and remind yourself of how many times God has saved you over and over again. The enemy will come. Quite often people can't stand to see you doing well for too long. I have learned and perhaps Jehoshaphat gained some lessons as well. People don't always have to have a reason to want you to fail. They don't necessarily have to have any particular reason. We want to see you fall down. They want to see your demise, to see you be tormented, to see you struggle. I talk to people every day who identify an enemy trying to destroy them, whether they're in work, whether they're in Walmart, wherever they are, the enemy never sleeps. In fact, when you are doing your best to do God's will, that's when you can always count on Satan to attack. Whenever you are speaking the word of the Lord, you can expect the attack is coming. Whenever you want to correct people and let them know that's inappropriate behavior for a disciple of Jesus Christ, expect the enemy is coming. Do I have enemies? Heck yeah. Lots of them. But I have decided to let the Lord fight my battle. I have decided that there's no need to fight my own battles because I still have the Lord. Jehoshaphat teaches us a great lesson about facing adversity as he receives a report that Judah was surrounded by outside forces. He immediately gathered the people for fasting and prayer. Prayer is a reaction to fear. Prayer should be a reaction to fear. I'm still puzzled by the number of people who don't have time to pray in the midst of a pandemic. I just, 
I'm, I'm baffled by that, Roz. I'm baffled that we don't come together to pray, but our power comes, our unity, and we can go to God as the people of God to ask God for what we want. And yet we choose lunch over prayer. We choose gardening over prayer. We choose television, football games. We choose everything. But if you want some Holy Ghost power, you need to spend more time in prayer. And if you're saying that you don't have time to pray, then something is wrong. What you're really saying is, Lord, you don't have to take care of me anymore. I can take care of myself. What you're really saying is that, God, I don't need your blessings anymore. I can do things for myself. Don't ever get to the point in life that you think you are so Holy Ghost feel that you can take care of yourself and the enemies who have surrounded you. Had it not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be here. Alabama, come on. If it were not for the Lord on my side. So quite often people can't stand to see you do well. Don't worry about it. Don't answer those emails. Don't answer that text message. Call on the name of the Lord in prayer. Jehoshaphat teaches us a great lesson about facing adversity as he receives a report that Judah has surrounded the people on the outside. While the enemy encouraged us to become isolated, the Holy Spirit will lead us out to call on God in prayer. Jehoshaphat said, let's pray. You see, he confronts his adversity with fasting and prayer. And this is a major weakness, Pastor Joseph, in the Christian community. We often fail to spend quality time with God in prayer. And to ask us to fast, you would think I had asked you for your head on a platter. We got to understand that fasting brings about positive results. And fasting helps you to focus on what God wants you to focus on. And some people say, I have to take my medications and I can't do that. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. Because throughout the Bible, we most often find God's people turn on fasting as a natural, inevitable response to a grievous, a sacred life and moment. You ever lost your appetite for life? You ever been so hurt or in, you're in grief that you just don't care about food anymore? To strengthen your life, we need to pray. If we're going to pray, we need to fast and pray to seek God's guidance. We must fast to seek and express grief. I'm sorry. We must fast to seek deliverance or protection. Anybody here need to be delivered from something? Anybody need to be delivered from somebody? Anybody got crazy people in your family? You just need to be delivered in the name of Jesus Fasting helps us to express repentance and a return to God. Fasting helps us to see our own stuff and how raggedy it is. If you fast and pray, God will show you what you are lacking. If you fast and pray, the Holy Spirit will say, yep, that's you. That's what you need to do. If you fast and pray, the Lord will give you a message and you will know that it's exactly for you. Oh, I will, I'm telling you what I know. The Lord will show up in fasting and prayer. Dr. Sam Chan in his book, The Pain of Leadership. How many know that leadership is painful? 
How many of you know that leadership is painful? How many of you know that people are difficult? How many of you know that there are times when you just want to quit in the name of Jesus? How many of you know that there are some folks that think they just want to make you disgusted? They want to lead but no leadership skills. They want to lead they don't read the Bible. They want to lead but they don't pray. They want to lead with no relationship with Jesus Christ. They want to lead and they're the same yesterday as they were before they ever arrived at David's tribe. God can only use us when we look like and act like God. So we need some purification. You need to lay hands on yourself and say, I messed up. I need you to straighten me out. In this prayer, Jehoshaphat does four things. Number one, he recalls God's favor in the past. Number two, he affirms confidence in God. I don't care what I see, Reverend Rose. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what message I get. I know I serve a living God. I know that I serve a faithful God, and I know that I'm only here because God has saved my life on several occasions, and I give God all the honor, praise, and glory. Jehoshaphat articulates the human condition. The fourth thing that he does is he turns to God to make a plea. You see, if you don't have a relationship with God, then you can't call on God and expect to get through without going on hold. But if you have a relationship with God, then you know how to pray to God. If you have a relationship with God, you know how to move God in a conversation. If you have a relationship with God, then you understand how God operates. While the enemy encourages us to become isolated, the Holy Spirit will lead us to call out to God in prayer. When you say you don't have time to study, you know what you're really doing? You're saying, enemy, I believe you over God. If you don't ever have time to pray with God, but you're going to give God. How many of us do those three-minute prayers, three to five minutes, and then we're gone? We just put it in the middle of something else and move on. God doesn't need our leftovers. God doesn't need our afterthoughts. God's saying, I want to be first in your life, and I want to be a priority. Jehoshaphat says, let's pray. You see, he confronts his adversary with fasting and prayer. This is a major weakness, I said, of the Christian community because we do not take time to pray. The best weapon a child of God can use when you're confronted with trouble and turmoil is go to God in prayer. And yes, you probably figured it out right now, that I want Pleasant Grove Church to be a place of prayer where we spend time with God to get our instructions from God and to know what God expects of us. It is my prayer that we will keep our eyes on God because we are weak, we are vulnerable, we are overshadowed, we are surrounded by enemy forces, we live in a world that's getting darker and darker every day, we live in a world where hatred is rising, we live in a world where the church is no longer the church, we live in a world that people are so consumed with their own egos and super egos, they have no time for God and nobody else, we live in a world now where people are all for themselves, they don't care about anybody else, we're living in a world where the volunteers are drying up because people saying, I'm tired and I'm old. But God spoke through a Levite preacher and told Jehoshaphat, don't you worry and don't you fret. 
and don't you be scared. I love this part of it because he said, don't worry and fret about this enemy. The enemy will not destroy you because I am still God. How many of you know you have enemies? How many of you know you have enemies? If you don't know, then you're in trouble too because all of us have enemies. You are not so secure with your ring camera that nobody can get to you. See, we think because we have an alarm system and a ring camera on the front door and the back door, the enemy can't get in. Not true at all. Some of us take the enemy in ourselves and we got to understand how the enemy operates. God is better than a a camera on the door. God is a faithful God. Oh, I wish I had somebody who knew. We have more faith in a ring camera than we do in God. And it's totally ridiculous that God purchased the ring camera. But we believe that that's more important than spending time with God. Some folk on their phone saying, let me see who went to my house today. What, what time was it that they were there? You know, I don't know him. And I'm looking and saying, who has time to go back on your ring camp to see? So who came to your house today? Was it our Amazon or was it UPS or was it FedEx? I don't care as long as I have the power of Almighty God. We need spiritual power. We need to understand that we got to stay in position. Every good coach must consider the importance of having the right players in the right position at the right time with the right attitude and the right skill and the willingness to work for the Lord. So you don't work for Pleasant Grove. You just report here for location. We all work for the Lord. This just happens to be our assignment right now. At any time that God could say, it's time for you to move on. But if God says it, move on, then move on. But right now, you're just working here to serve Almighty God. In every deliverance, there's a responsibility that lies, not only with the deliverer, but also with the delivered. God specializes in doing the impossible. Told Noah to build an ark. Sent Moses to Pharaoh. Told Abraham to climb a mountain. Told Naaman the leper that he had to go wash in the Jordan River. The widow had to make a biscuit for Elijah. Can you imagine? Jesus told the man with the withered hand to stretch forth. Jesus told the lame man, get up. Jesus told Bartimaeus to come on, let's go. Jesus made another blind man wash his eyes in a pool. God told David to confront Goliath. Told Jonah to go to Nineveh. How big is your giant? All of us will have David moments. But deliverance calls for some work. It calls for some movement on the part of those who are being delivered. Deliverance is required participation. You can't expect God to do all the heavy lifting while you do whatever you want to do. You do. God has to do the heavy lifting in partnership with you so that you know what God is saying and what God is doing. And you understand that your communication comes directly from God. The key is, even if you don't have to fight if you know God is going to bring you out, be prepared for whatever God wants you to do. And then Jehoshaphat finally says, stand still. And Judah, don't you worry yourself with the enemy. 
Don't get bogged down going trying to get a spray at the hardware store to kill the enemy. Don't go get a gun and don't go get weapons to kill the enemy. Give your enemies to God. And all God is saying here is wait. I know that some ridiculous and absurd person is coming your way, but I am still God. How many of you believe that? How many of you know right now the enemy is knocking at your door? David said in Psalm 110, verse number one, the Lord said unto me, Lord, sit down at my right hand. So there are two parts to this. Most of us always talk about God, thou shalt sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. David had so many enemies, he lost count. But he knew that God was going to take care of him. So my message is wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. How do many of you specialize in waiting? I hope you tell the truth because most of us don't like to wait at all. We want what we want right now. We want it now. But the word of God says that everything happens in God's timing. And everything happens when God is ready for it to happen. How many of you know how to wait on God? If you don't, you better get some free lessons because what the word is saying is you can't make God do anything. You cannot move God while not being in the will of God. And the word says that you got to wait on the Lord. You got to wait. David said, I remain confident of this. That I will see, oh, I love this verse of scripture. David said, I don't care what's around me. I don't care what the enemy looks like. I don't care how long I've been in battle. David said that I am confident. Are you confident today, Henry? Carolyn, are you confident? David said that I am confident that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord, David said. God is really saying here, watch me save you. Watch me deliver you. Watch me bring you through. Watch me pull you out of the storm. Watch me fight your battles for you. Watch me pay your bills. Watch me take care of your death. Watch me save your marriage. Watch me save your household. Watch me save your children. Watch me as I deliver you over and over and over again. I don't know about you, but I need deliverance. I need deliverance. I need deliverance. And the Bible said, watch God will deliver us. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Oh, yeah, watch God. Don't watch me. Don't watch the young and the beautiful. Don't watch BET. Don't watch Sisters. Don't play Tic Tac. Don't watch garbage in the television screen. But you need to watch for God to show up. And when God shows up, there's going to be a great reckoning. Oh, God. You see what the scripture in Revelation said is that one day there's going to be a wedding feast. 
And one day there's going to be a banquet. How many of you go to weddings and you get all dressed up? You go to weddings and you got to take a gift. You go to weddings and there you are and you're looking at all the colors. And how is the bride? And is the groom handsome? And is the bride beautiful? Is she pregnant? Did they know each other before? Is the family crazy? Some of us go someplace and just, we're not watching for God. We're just watching for evidence of what we already said. But the scripture says, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her idolatry. He has avenged over the blood that she shed. Hallelujah, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Amen, hallelujah. But then in verse number five, the voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all of his servants who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like Pleasant Grove, and the multitude came out with rushing water, and the loud pearls of thunder were shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give his name some glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready you see the church will be the bride and what i like about this is that we don't have to have a special invitation we show up because we pleaded the blood of jesus christ we show up because we have a relationship with our Lord. We show up because we're part of the bridal party. We show up so we come in with the bridal party and we toss flowers in the name of the Lord. We show up because we belong to Jesus Christ. That's going to be a great. You don't have to buy a new dress. You just need a new spirit. You don't have to have your hair done. You can go like you are. You don't have to have the right jewelry that matches you. will shine like a shining star. You don't have to worry about the flowers and if they match because God has already paid the price. And the invitation to the wedding comes from Jesus Christ. So you don't have to wait to be invited. You can invite yourself by being a part of the body of Christ and by doing what's right and remembering that with God, there are no power outages. With God, you don't have to worry about your power ever failing because the Holy Spirit will give you exactly what you need at exactly the right time. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.